Matt, I think you'll find that I, I have a very improvisational sort of approach to podcasting each time. I've been doing it for so long, and you'd think that I just know how to open an episode now, and I just have a tried and true way of doing it, mm-hmm. but I don't. Every single time. The way that, the like, way that he does it is like it. a magic trick, because you don't even know. He's already started the show. It's already You don't begun. even know we're already in the beginning of the episode of Ideas Don't <laughs> Bleed. Presented by Ashcam Press with Matthew Rosenberg. That's right. That was beautiful. I feel Thank like <laughs> I never got to see Miles Davis perform, <laughs> but I feel like I'm in the presence of that. I feel like yeah. I can feel the energy and I want to improv with you and I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Matthew Rosenberg, uh, comic book <laughs> writer and I guess podcast host now for some mm-hmm. reason. And, we did uh, when when Donnie and Ryan started their shows. We went into their Wikipedia's and we added podcaster to to their yes. their list of job titles. And so now, if you like Google like Donnie Cates, it'll say like it'll speak out loud that they're podcasters. We could do that for you if you're interested. Well, we could funny, make it happen. Funny like note: someone uh, Donnie has a Wikipedia because Donnie went on Twitter and was like, "Why don't I have a Wikipedia?" And, <laughs> and then Donnie said to me, "You should do that." And I said, "You know what? I really don't want a Wikipedia." <laughs> So I don't have a Wikipedia. Now I'm probably going to be cursed with one. But the Mm -hmm. New York Times writer, Matthew Rosenberg, has one. So you can go call him a podcaster. Um, Okay. He's a friend of the room. We follow each other on Twitter. That's cute. Uh, yeah, well, Matthew's club. Should you guys introduce yourselves before sure. we get to our guest? Yeah, sure. Because I did me, and I feel like that's Matt Rosenberg. That's Matt Rosenberg. You, you don't have to do me. I did. Okay, me. all right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. We all are right. we are Matt's lackeys, the Supple Boys. I'm Ethan S. Parker. That's Griffin Sheridan. Hello, welcome everybody to the show. Uh, we're joined by a very special guest for this next installment. We've had mm. we've had the likes of Ed Brisson. And so much Kelly Thompson in the past few episodes. <laughs> a lot of Kelly Too Thompson. Much. And we love it. And we yeah. love it. Uh, <laughs> and with us this time on Ideas Don't Bleed is a Mr. Zeb Wells. Zeb, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Of course. It was an honor to be here the, the moment this thing gelled. To be here for the moment, the podcast. I know. I know. You got to see the magic happen. Yeah. It gelled. I could feel it. We could all <laughs> yeah, the first it. few it episodes are ugly. This is when the show yeah. comes into its own. I, it I, feel, mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to call the first four episodes negative four, <laughs> negative three, <laughs> negative yeah. two, negative one. And this will be the real episode one. Okay. Yeah. Legacy uh, number five. Yeah. <laughs> Legacy number five. Legacy number is five. On this. It's a point one. It's mm-hmm. uh, number one dot idb dot, um. dot pc for <laughs> podcast. Um, all of this works great on Spotify. Zeb, thank you for coming, buddy. Of course, it's anything for you, Matthew. You know that. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow, what an honor. I'm going to go a little bit beyond the basic boring stuff. Like okay. you, Please. Zeb, you were at Marvel a while ago, about what ten years ago. You were doing comics? No, 20, 20 years. I started 20 years ago. Okay. And you did some... What was your first thing? Uh, you know? Tangled Web of Spider-Man, number 12. Oh, so you started on Spider-Man. 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> normal starting span. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and you you basically, if I'm if I'm mapping this correctly, I definitely got the timeline way off. So it seems like a good start. <laughs> you you were doing a bunch of stuff bouncing around. Um, you did New Warriors. I know I love that New Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a lot of stuff, and then sort of the I feel like the big breakout moment for you was on Amazing that you were mm-hmm. part of the Brain Trust. Do sure, you feel yeah. like Do you feel like that's like leveled up, leveled you up there? Do you feel like that was a logical progression? Yeah, yeah, I do. Although I never felt like I ever broke out in my first, (laughs) my, the first Uh leg of my career. I never felt, yeah, it never felt that way. It never felt like I was succeeding or doing anything that anyone was paying attention to (laughs) at any time. Really? Because you have that blizzard. That's how it felt. That blizzard issue of Amazing Spider-Man, I've told you this before, is like in my top five Amazing Spider-Man issues in probably my top ten comics. I think. Yeah. Why, why awesome. do you feel like? Why do you feel like it felt that way? If you're a part of the, you're yeah, part of the may- circle. Maybe it was just uh, the the headspace I was in. You know, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Matthew brought up starting on Spider-Man, starting on Tangled yeah. Web of Spider-Man. I think that really made me feel like I did not know what I was doing, and I was always like, <laughs> you know, maybe I I just felt like I hadn't proven myself. And then when I got on Amazing Spider-Man and you're in a room with Dan Slott, who has so many freaking ideas uh-huh. at all yes. times. Yes. And I worked yeah. on my three issues for months and pulled my hair out. And it was like pulling teeth. And the first 10 pages of my first issue took weeks. And Wacker was was uh, furious and saying, where, where is it? And I was just like, ah. Oh. Stay away. I'm trying to I'm trying to pretend to be a writer. Stay away. Right, and, right. and so maybe that sort of the headspace I was in, which was unpleasant, an unpleasant headspace was maybe seeping in to the whole thing. And I couldn't enjoy or see that I was uh, that I was breaking out there if I did, if I did indeed break out. That's interesting because you did seem to like kind of burst onto the Spider-Man scene. And then now that you're doing the main book, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. It's been so many years. Like, it's mm-hmm. definitely Zeb's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'm sort of the, the thing I'm curious about. And I, you know, I for me, like, I really loved your stuff when you were at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I you did so many things. And all the time I'd be reading stuff that was like you know, like one shots or small minis. And I'd be like, man, that was really good. And I kept being like, oh yeah, it's Zeb Wells. Like, and I just kept like, your name kind of stuck with me on a lot of stuff. And then you vanished like from comics. Uh, I know, I know that like you didn't vanish to you, you know where you were, but, (laughs) but like, I felt like I didn't know where you went and, Uh And like, I feel like a lot of the audience didn't know where you went. And actually for me as a creator, like when I was coming up, it sort of terrified me because I was like, Mm -hmm. man, that guy was really good. Did they just stop Uh, giving him work? And like, I remember saying once to to someone when I started at Marvel, I was like, yeah, you know, you always get scared because you don't know when the axe is going to come and you're not going to get the call anymore or like you're just not in vogue. And I was like, and I said, like, you know, I think about like Zeb Wells, like that guy's so good. And they were like. Oh no, he's fine. He like he left. He went. He went to greener pastures. So like, I, I was just wondering if you could like talk about that, like where you went right. and and what you were doing. Yeah, yes, and it will get very depressing and heady and uh, uh-huh. be about. Uh, I love it. That's what we're men- here for. Okay, so the uh, yeah, I just never figured out how to write comics and not drive myself crazy and. 
it, it sounds like a little thing. And once you kind of figure it out, it feels like a little thing. But at the time, it was really like making my life unpleasant. And so mm. my wife was watching me just, you know, like, just freaking killing myself and, and, uh, you know, being really depressed over Nova number seven, you know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. and she was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why are you doing this? What, yeah, right. what are you doing? And I was like, you're right. You're right. And then, but I never didn't, I never didn't love comics. It was almost like I loved it too much and it was freezing, yeah. freezing me up. And I just couldn't yeah. like turn the dial back 15% so I could, I could enjoy it, you know, allow for some mistakes, allow mm -hmm. for things not to be perfect. And so I think at a certain point, I, oh yeah, you know what? And then my dad died, which again, mm. I don't know what kind of podcast this is, but well, it's, it's a different kind now, but yeah, 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 yeah. My dad we, died. We I don't know if, you, if anyone's father has died, but it's a, uh, mm. sure. it's, it's rough. It's rough yeah. because something you just didn't think would ever be gone foolishly is just gone. Mm -hmm. And were you and at then, Marvel so, at the time? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was at Marvel, you know, and Steve Wacker was so sweet about it. He even let me, you know, like six months after he died, Steve had an idea for an Avenging Spider-Man issue that I did with Steve Dillon, which mm -hmm. was all about the anniversary of um, uh, Uncle Ben's death. And, you know, like halfway mm -hmm. through it, I realized, oh, shit, Steve... Gave Steve that. came up with this for me to like say what I needed to say or like what I sure. what I was yeah. feeling. It was super cool. Like Steve Wacker's a great freaking guy. Sure. Yeah. Um but it was in the in that where my wife saw me get even more dark and more depressed. Mm -hmm. And then these mm -hmm. comics, and then it's just like, and then I started uh I got an opportunity to direct Robot Chicken. And mm -hmm. Robot Chicken was an interesting job where whenever I felt like I was outgrowing it, there would be a, an opportunity to do something that I hadn't done before or level up <laughs> in a way. So I had always wanted to direct. So I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I get to direct Robot Chicken. But that that was a wild job as as far as the hours it took. And yeah. the and especially doing it for the first time, you're, you're, right. you're so involved in doing it right. You want to you want to show up 100 percent. And then, so I had pretty much decided that I quit. And then Steve came in and got Nova out of me. He got one more out of me, Nova. <laughs> yeah. And then he came to me and said, I know you quit, but we got this Electra book. Mm -hmm. And we want to do it. And by the way, Mike Del Mundo is, wants to talk. <laughs> and it's like, well, I am no longer... Because I, I have an unhealthy obsession with Electra. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I read Electra Electra lives again. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. like that. I wouldn't dare. Uh, <laughs> but I read Electra lives again like an, an, on a cold Colorado morning and it was like super depressing and just imprinted yeah. on me. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I couldn't say no to that. But then my wife felt like my wife heard me over talk like somebody asked me about it at dinner and i hadn't told her you know which is a warning mm -hmm. sign yeah and then mm -hmm. she was like uh, what 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 are you doing like this you're directing this show you're gonna go crazy and it was an ongoing mm -hmm. and so i had to like really think about it and like take a day and then like do the this brutal thing <laughs> like i had i had written an outline mm -hmm. i might have even have written the first scene and i 
shot an email off to Wacker saying, I'm done, I'm out. And I think that was traumatic enough that, you know, pissed people off at Marvel, um, rightfully so. Um, That that helped me, like, you know, go, you know, push it away a little bit. Mm. And once once I had, you know, it, it, it sucked, but I did feel just a massive weight off of my shoulders. But I just want to be clear that comics wasn't the weight. It was my relationship to comics. It yeah. was the own, my, my own shit that I hadn't dealt with. All of mm-hmm. this shit that we all have to deal with in our 30s and 40s that we didn't mm-hmm. know was in there in our 20s. Yeah. A tale as old as time. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then I focused on on robot directing robot chicken, which turned into uh, creating super mansion and directing the first season of that and sort of running mm-hmm. that, which was a full, you know, three full-time jobs. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, then, yeah, then I, I just sort of worked until that got canceled and then, then things slowed down again. Did the TV stuff not drive you crazy in the same way? Was it not as heightened for you or like, is it just a different relationship entirely than you had to comics? No, it, it did, but during that three seasons of Supermansion, mm-hmm. where I started talking to people, like started uh, really uh, asking questions about why I feel this way, like why is this thing mm-hmm. that I have dedicated my life to doing also mm-hmm. so painful? Like what is going on? This There yeah. has to be a better way. And by the time I had finished Supermansion season three, I felt like, you know, this will, this stuff will never be easy, mm-hmm. but it wasn't dark anymore. It was, I, right. and you know what it was? It was discipline and process. It was discipline mm-hmm. and process. These things that as an artist, you, you fight and you struggle against and you think makes you a hack or uh, makes you not a real artist. And that saved me the, like right. actually saying, how do I want to write comics? How do I write comics? How does it yeah. happen? How does writing happen? What do I, mm. what are the games I play with myself to get the fucking words on the fucking page? <laughs> because once you start doing that, you're fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you soon realize that, that writing, you can really fool yourself into thinking that writing is a, is a mental act. It's something that happens in the brain Mm-hmm. and and man it's not it's a physical act it is sitting down mm-hmm. and making your fingers move and then your brain follows mm-hmm. the action yeah. um, and so there was just a lot just fucking 15 years of banging my head against the wall that said now i have such a sense of gratitude that i get mm-hmm. to do this like a sense of mm-hmm. gratitude like and when i do something and i'm like oh my god i just wrote a comic and I had fun the entire time and the editor isn't mm-hmm. mad at me and my life is functioning properly. I feel like a, I feel like Superman because for so long I couldn't figure that out. I, th- I think right. that name, I think his name is Spider-Man. I think it's Spider-Man. Like, I feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 That was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> is, is this the level of detail you guys are asking for? 
I'm going. It was out. fantastic. It was great, and you know that's part of why I brought you on here is because I know that you're so funny and fun, and so I thought knew you'd bring that <laughs> level of mm-hmm. enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is what happened. This is what. Yeah, happened. this is yeah. great. We're up to a really fun, really cool, really chill start. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly su- that's honestly super interesting. Like I, I had no idea that you were dealing yeah. with stuff like that, and it's it's great to hear that you've kind of overcome it in in such a big way. Um, because like yeah. we're loving the work that you're putting out, and I think like I think everybody's really happy with it, and it's nice to know that that's the product of working yeah. through all of that stuff that's really yeah, encouraging yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. so so super mansion ends and you're living off your super mansion royalties in a giant <laughs> uh-huh. floating helicopter that never lands and <laughs> yeah. you're just wealthy beyond imagination i'm sure mm-hmm. and what how do you get back to Mar- like how, what brings you back to marvel yeah so or comics just in comics in general yeah heidi Right around when Super Mansion was winding down, or I guess there was a year left, Heidi, my wife, got SNL, got cast on SNL. And so she moved to New York. And it's funny because you mentioned money because she got cast on SNL and I instantly decided we were rich. Uh In in my head, I was like, well, okay, we're rich now. Okay, so we'll be flying to New York first class every time we we have to go because we're rich. And... um, I guess, uh, you know, price is no object on shoes. I'll buy a $300 pair of sneakers. And then (laughs) it becomes very clear you're not rich by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) Like, we probably took a loss on those first two seasons of SNL easily. Yeah. Um, And when when your show gets canceled, they stop paying you. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. So. Is that legal? (laughs) I don't think it shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so quickly we went from uh, bi-coastal to me you know we got rid of the place that mm-hmm. we were renting in LA and I and I was living in a small apartment in New York and not only um trying to think of what was next but also decompressing from the whole robot chicken into supermansion run that really felt like a non-stop mm-hmm. roller coaster like don't mm-hmm. remember vacations, don't remember anything like, you know, aside from a weekend here and there, it was just yeah, go, go, go. And then you start realizing, oh, oh, I've been going like that since I got out of college. You know, it was just one of these, oh, you've been going for a long time and then suddenly there's nothing to do. And then you start thinking, maybe I don't want to do anything ever again for the rest <laughs> of my life. I can't fucking wait to get there. It feels like <laughs> it feels like Ethan and I are right smack dab in the middle this of is, that. This yeah. has become a yeah. recurring bit where like we hear creator stories and we're like, as we're trying to break in, we're like, this is gonna be great. This is gonna- <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it is, it is great. You just yeah. it's great, but you you kill yourself, you know? And right, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure which we're I'm sure we're all doing right now. But <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, this is your vacation I, coming here for an hour. This is it like is. A, what a, what a, a load nice... off. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> this is so much better than going to the beach. But we didn't, didn't I we reach didn't... out to you first? No, I reached no, no, out to you. Remember? No, no, you reached after. Yes, I remember. But you, it was after you, you were in the room, and like you know, there's there, a Marvel Summit has like a lot of people in the room. There's like sixty people, and some of them are like theme parks people, and some of them are like toy people and video game people, and executives and like Disney people, and so you don't know like there's sort of a table and then there's chairs in the back and at the table you sort of know who everyone is because it's mostly the writers and editors and execs and stuff and then there's rows of seats in the back 
where you're just like, I, I don't know, that could be anybody. Like that could be a, a Halloween costume guy. Like that could be anything. And you came in and sat at the table and I was like, who's this guy? And you were only there for a little bit. And then uh, you were talking to Scotty, Scotty Young. And when yeah. you left at the end of the summit, you left, I was like, who was that dude? And he was like, oh, that was Zeb Wells. And I was like, oh man, I would have liked to have met him. Like I'm a big <laughs> fan. And of course, Scotty is like, made fun of me for being a fan of anybody or anything. And mm -hmm. was like, what's wrong with you? Why are you a fan of Zeb? Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you know, like, why do you read comics? Or, no, he wasn't like that. But he was like, oh, he's like, Zeb's great. You should hang out with him. And I was like, yeah, you didn't introduce me to him. So that's not really an option. <laughs> and then right after that, like a few weeks after that, you emailed me. Um, yeah. Maybe like a month or two. And you, uh, you were like, hey, uh, I'm living in New York. Uh, I want to talk about making comics. Like, do you want to get dinner? basically right yeah totally i i had somehow come across some of your tweets just which, good tweets yeah 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 <laughs> and and then saw that you were in new york and saw how much work you were doing you were very very prolific at the time yeah and you yeah. also just seemed like a hustler which you are a hundred percent sure yeah. um you you work very hard in a lot of different things so i was like i, I need i need to know what this guy is doing because i had been talking about this story idea for a while and my my wife was getting a little you know my wife's on my ass all the time as we can yeah. is, is is clear and <laughs> and so i said well maybe I'll, I'll write this story idea i have as a as a comic that sounds cool mm -hmm. yeah. and then it was kind of fun because i hadn't I told so many people during Robot Chicken that I was never going to write comics again. And again, that was all because of how much pain I was in at the time. Yeah. yeah. And then I said I was going to write, maybe maybe do a creator-owned thing, just for fun, put no pressure on it. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting out the whiteboard, and because I always had a whiteboard, and I put like 20 squares on it so I could sit there Two and sort pages. of map out. Yeah, map out the wow. comic, what the pages were. And I started doing that again, and it just it just started feeling good, man. It just felt mm -hmm. like, oh, oh shit, this was fun. Mm -hmm. I, I all that horse shit that I was that I was adding to it was its own thing, but the actual doing of it was super fun. Yeah, right. And so then when Nick Lowe asked me to lunch and asked me to do like an eight page story, I was more amenable. I was like, okay, let's do it. And then I just started dipping my toe in. But I had no idea. I just had no concept of whether anyone at Marvel wanted to work with me, if I was mm. starting at zero, how this was going to happen. And so I got that Ant-Man series and I was like, Ant-Man, sure, let's let's go. I ended up ended up super enjoying it, you know, and that's yeah. the job, right? I'm sure you yeah. guys know that. It's like yeah. you you get to do it, you gotta find a way to love it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you're not an Ant-Man fan. Well, you are now become an Ant-Man fan. <laughs> figure yeah. out what's cool about it and and i did and i really had a great time writing that and yeah. then you get the call for spider ham and you're like okay Zed, just uh <laughs> just keep just keep chewing this chewing through this stuff you'll get there, eventually. <laughs> we'll, get there. we'll get there but again ended up having a great time will robson came on to do the art which i thought was a perfect yeah. fit yeah. for that i had so much fun just leaning into the cheesiness of the animal the mm. um you know, the animal names and whatnot. And then what happened is I was on my way to my therapist's office and I picked up that House of X number one, Hickman's uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah. thing. And I read that and it, ju it just felt like, 
oh shit, someone's doing something, mm-hmm. something big. Like this is yeah. the X Men are now different. Um, yeah. Um, and Matthew, we're we're all big fans of your X Men stuff. Uh, we know. we don't have to. We don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't that kind of show. <laughs> um, and that that and, and that made me. You know, I was just like, oh, I wish, I wish. Oh, and look, they're doing other books that are coming yeah. out of this this mm-hmm. thing. Fuck, that looks fun, and mm-hmm. they all seem fairly well thought out. You know, conceptually yeah. with what's yeah. happening, it seems like a whole cohesive thing. Yeah, John John Man, thinks a lot. He does think a lot. <laughs> he yeah, seems thinks, to, thinks yeah. a real yeah. deal. And I thought, oh, it'd be cool if wouldn't it be cool if I could do something like that? And you know, it was one of those light bulb moments where I was like, oh, maybe he, I could. I've written comic books before, <laughs> some Marvel comics. Yeah, maybe I could maybe I could get in and and then Hellions to me was such a fun special book that again showed me that and, and Ant-Man and Spider-Ham showed me that the growth I had done while making Supermansion and doing Robot Chicken was sort of mm-hmm. made my comics feel different mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. wanted to explore that like what what had I done to my process and what would that do to my comics and so yeah. then i kind of jumped in with both feet and it was like oh okay i've got this thing let's fully express it let's see what's in there let's see what it can do right yeah um what what i'm intrigued by and this is maybe not where you want to go but we're gonna go there because <laughs> uh, it's that kind of show now um <laughs> the the i remember you when you emailed me to get food you were like, you know, like you want to get coffee or something. We went out to eat. And in the email, you were like, you know, I have an idea for creator on book. And I'm I, like, I, I've never been in that space. And you just talked about the creator on book and we're like, oh, I was mapping it out. Yeah. Um, where is that book? That book is written. Five issues of it are written. It's done. And then I showed it to a, my good editor friend, Mackenzie Cadenhead. And she said, oh, this should be six issues. <laughs> And I was like, okay, yeah. And then I and then I, I agreed. And then it's just sat there. Hmm. Um, there's no, there's no artist or art. No, there's no artist. Yeah. Or art. You know, that's, like, but there is like, a second. There is a second creator owned book. Uh-huh. Uh That a very talented artist, Zerxo Penalta, is doing. Oh yeah. Oh sweet. Awesome work for, and I and he, and he needs pages. Um, <laughs> sorry now, to bring so. up. Sorry to bring that yeah. up then. Um. So, so that book, like I, you know, that book sort of got you back to thinking about comics, but that book doesn't exist and you're back in comics. Like, yes, that's sort of a weird, do you, do you feel like you've moved past that idea or like that idea was important to go in or like, are you going to do that sixth issue and put that thing? I am. I, I am. I am. Okay. Um, but man, just it's just it's been wild. Just as I decided to jump in both feet and fully dedicate myself to comics, then suddenly the work for Marvel Studios starts yep. coming in and and right. sort of taking more and more of my time. And so I've been in a sort of growth phase where I'm just trying to keep my head above water and do all yep. the opportunities that I feel like I really need to take advantage of. Sure. At the time. Sure, and it's all led you here. You're you're the head writer of the amazing Spider-Man. Zeppo. You're the guy. <laughs> yeah. Has that has that been like a bucket list thing for you your whole life, like some of us, or was that more of a thing that you were like, you know what, 
That was. I am gonna fucking write Amazing Spider-Man. That, that, that was subtle, Griffin, to be like like some of us. That was subtle, like, like, like some of us in. here on this podcast. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those. In my mind, it was something that real comic book writers did. You have to be mm-hmm. a real comic book writer <laughs> to do a run on Amazing Spider-Man. There's no mm-hmm. pretending you're not. So it, it appealed to me in that regard. I also felt like my voice was suited for it. So I had something to offer that sure. book. I think Amazing Spider-Man should be good. You know, like it should be. And, mm-hmm. and I felt like. I'm in that camp. Uh, it's, it's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, because it, it's, it's for me, it's the, it's the biggest book in at Marvel. It should yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to touch it unless I felt like I could show up like Dan did or like Nick Spencer did and, mm-hmm. and give it a hundred percent because that book should be good. Someone yeah. should be writing it who is putting their all into it. Yeah. Mm, and absolutely. so I, I like that. I like that. I, I would it would just show that I had grown if I showed up like that, if I showed up and mm-hmm. said and took on that responsibility. Okay. I'm going right. to at least do what I think is, you know, try my hardest to make this, this book good. Yeah, right. for sure. Look, my big question, cause Griffin and I have gotten to speak to a million creators, but we've never, we've never gotten to speak to the current writer of amazing Spider-Man. We've spoken to Dan Slott and everything, but never, never wall on the book. And yeah, it is, as as, as uh, budding comics writers, it is of course our big pie in the sky dream to do a Spider-Man thing, um, and we, with what you're doing, it's so interesting because it's like it's not a direction that like that like I would have like gone straight to, but I'm really enjoying like because Tombstone is not a character I've been particularly attached to, but it's like something that's it's a new thing with him that I'm finding very interesting. And like my big question is when we ever whenever we talk about Spider-Man, we have pitches for a lot of characters, but Spider-Man, it's like we're too close to it. It's like we don't I don't I don't know that we have a lot of Spider-Man stories as is because like we're so it's so close to our hearts and so in front of our faces. If if it is this big important thing to you, how do you find where your story is in all of it? Like mm-hmm. how do you say Tombstone's my guy? How do you say this is where I I plant my flag. Uh, I'm, I've been very curious about that. Yeah, it's it's very hard, and it's interesting you bring that up because I think what you're talking about was part of the the swirling ideas that were in my head as I decided to do this. And one of them was that I had written enough Spider-Man that I had burned through the stories that I feel like that. Because when you first get on Spider-Man, you're sort of exercising these childhood ideas that you had yeah. or, or what I would have done, what I would have, you know, I've always wanted to do this or this is, I, I would want to make the lizard scary or I would do this mm-hmm. or that or the Punisher. I, I want to do a retelling of that first giant size Spider-Man I read with the Punisher where he's like on that barbed wire fence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what was compelling to me about coming on to Spider-Man is that I didn't have those stories anymore i i had burned through them i had done the things that that were stories about things i had noticed growing up reading spider-man or you know you you want to make a joke about matt aunt may's wheat cakes and (laughs) and this and you know the the thousand ways you can get spider-man to use the word responsibility or or call back to the uncle ben moment Mm-hmm. which I still do in my run because for some reason you just can't stop doing it. But <laughs> first, the goal, first. the goal was is like, okay, what happens? Zeb 
can you do you trust yourself enough? Do you trust your process enough to dive into this Spider-Man book? Do it at the top of your ability, but not have a plan, not have these stories, not bring like let the thing organically become like from what Spencer sure. was doing before me from this and not try to like grab the reins too hard right. and just let it be something new. And that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Zeb Wells on his career and his current run on Amazing Spider-Man. While you're waiting on part two, make sure you follow Zeb on Twitter at Zeb Wells to see everything he's working on. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion. In the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at tales to astonish or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.